This is the Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Catch Stan every weekday at 2 on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Where to begin? Let's start with Ben not being put back in the game. By all accounts, he was ready to go back in. Sometimes Ben says things, but it was Tomlin who let the cat out of the bag, even though he wouldn't let his quarterback out of the bag on the sideline. He said in the post-game interview yesterday that Ben probably could have come back in a series earlier. On the post-game show on the Steelers Network yesterday, Charlie Batch was saying to me that it's possible, it's clear that Ben was getting shot up in the locker room for the rib injury. Don't know if he had broken ribs. Don't know if it's a cartilage issue. But those pain injections sometimes take a while. Maybe that's what took so long. But by Tomlin saying that he probably could have come in a series earlier, it's clear to me what happened here. And what happened here was they were hoping, at the time they had a lead, they were hoping they could maintain the lead with Josh Dobbs and not have to use Ben to risk further injury, which on the surface sounds reasonable. But I don't think that you wait until you get behind to make the move when it was pretty obvious that Dobbs was not going to be able to get it done. And I've got my reasons why he was not and did not, which we'll get to the next segment. You got to bring Roethlisberger in because a big portion of your season is on the line here. And it was pretty clear that Dobbs was not going to be able to get anything out couple three-and-outs, punt, interception, nothing was happening. That's a mistake. I understand wanting to protect Roethlisberger. You got big games coming up, but the big games were made even bigger by not winning yesterday. We'll never know, but is it based on the way Roethlisberger conducted the offense when he did get back in the game, isn't it a reasonable assumption that they would have won the game? Even if when he was able physically to begin playing, to resume playing, that you pick up a few first downs and keep Oakland on the sideline. Now, even with Ben... They had no running game. Embarrassingly bad. And I'm going to suggest why they did not. But I also want to get this out front. I do not give the offensive line a pass. A lot of it was the running backs. But you're talking about playing a team that was giving up 150 yards about rushing per game. Steelers got 40 and 15 were by Josh Dobbs. So take that off. Although I do wonder 
why when they were struggling with Dobbs at quarterback, no running game whatsoever, why they didn't have him run the ball more. Or if the RPO is a new addition to the Steelers' offense, why not run more of that with him? Now, I understand that there is a pass option here, too, and you have to rely on the quarterback's ability to read a defense, and that could have been an issue. He's, in essence, a first-year quarterback. And there's probably a lot of truth to the fact that the Oakland defense, and Paul Gunther was the longtime defensive coordinator of the Bengals, he knows all about the Steelers, figured with Ben out of there, they're not going to do much passing, we're going to jam the line of scrimmage, but they weren't running the ball well when Ben was in the game either. So the defense... Here's the most astounding stat to me. There are a lot of them about yesterday's game. But this is astounding to me. Derek Carr put the ball up 34 times yesterday. 34. He dropped back to pass 38. He was sacked four times. But of the balls that he was able to launch, 34, the Steelers had three pass defenses, and two of them, statistically, were at the line of scrimmage. Two it batted a ball away, you'll remember, and so did T.J. Watt. Defensive backs got their hands and were credited with a pass defense once. That was with Morgan Burnett on the third down play where he knocked the ball down to the end zone before the touchdown. That was the only good thing that Morgan Burnett did all day. He was terrible. I know he's been hurt most of the season, but when he's been healthy, he's been nothing but a liability. And I never make a complete assessment of a rookie. It's too early in their rookie season But Terrell Edmonds, he had seven or is involved in seven tackles yesterday. But he is terrible in pass defense. Just terrible in pass defense. The defense is just terrible, period. You make one play... Chances are you win that game. For them to allow two 75-yard touchdown drives to that offense is a disgrace. They had chances, not on that drive, but they had chances to intercept two passes. Of course, they were dropped. Davis and worse, Mike Hilton. The same thing could be said of the Denver game and certainly the Charger game. One play, one stop, you win. To let that outfit, and I had Derek Carr as a good quarterback, 
But look at what they've put up this season. They're terrible. One play never happens. Never happens. And two other things that should be particularly annoying, as we're being singularly focused on annoying, the Raiders did their best to help the Steelers win the game. 13 penalties. They committed 13, well, they probably committed more. They were called for 13 penalties for 130 yards. The Steelers were called for two for 14 yards. And still they couldn't beat this awful team. And maybe more galling than almost anything, they're coming off two losses to Denver and the Chargers where they could have and should have won the game and three lousy performances if you include Jacksonville, which I will. So you, And I said this to you on Friday, and I use this term, excuse me again, If they don't come out fired up after the eggs they've laid the past three games, they don't have a hair on their ass. Guess what? So what happens? They win the toss. They elect to defer, which they usually do. And they allow Oakland on their very first drive to go right down the field lickety-split for a touchdown. Oh, we're so mad about the way we played against Denver and the Chargers. We'll show them. First drive, bing, bang, boom, touchdown, down 7 to nothing. And with the knowledge that Baltimore had lost, that New England had lost, and Houston had lost, it was set up to be a perfect day for them, and that's how they responded. Andy joins us now. Andy, welcome to Savern on Sports. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. I have one other thing I want to point out. You're talking about the defense and how they can't cover anybody. That's a given. Everybody knows that. And some of the play calls, though, I'm not big on blitzing down the goal line. I understand that's a risk. That's our downplay, though. Again, we're Burnett broke up the pass. Everybody's seen both of their guards were hurt. They were hobbled and could barely get up. Why not blitz right up the gut? If you send two up, two linebackers straight up the gut, at least you have a chance. Because let's face it, they weren't going to cover anybody. That was a fluke that Burnett broke up anything. You know what, Andy? I don't disagree. And, and, and I also agree with your premise. I do not like blitzing on the goal line uh, because, you know, those passes tend to be shorter, uh, you know, from the five-yard line. You know, usually it's a quick thing. You don't have time to get there. Uh, but uh, in this particular case, uh, given the fact that they can't cover anybody. You know, I, I watched the video of the winning touchdown. I mean, you've got Hilton and and uh, uh, Edmonds standing on either side of Carrier, the guy who catches the winning pass. They, uh, Nobody makes a play. It's, I mean, they never make a play. They ne- Three pass defense, and two of them were by linebacker and defensive lineman. They never get their hand on the ball, for God's sake. So and, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I, 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 that, was that, your, play, that was your best chance. That play summed up their whole season. There was blood in the water, and they could not. They didn't do anything about it. I mean, you had both guards hurt. And it was, that's, they're scared to play defense. It looks like 
looks like they're scared to they're scared to make a play call. Well, I, 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 I don't know. I, I am more concerned about the seeming lack of adjustments, how tight ends – I know why tight ends have tortured them all year long, because their inside linebackers stink in pass coverage. That's why they went out and got Burnett and drafted Edmonds. They thought that with Chazier not there, they thought they would cover up that gaping hole by using safeties. The problem is neither of them can cover anybody either. Right, and, and the offensive side, it's – they're looking. It almost looks like they're trying to make a highlight real play. Keep it simple. You got Nix that can block. Put him in the fullback. When you, what three games now? First and goal at the two yard line. And two of those games they tried throwing it. Yep. Well, actually, even Jacksonville they tried throwing it initially until Ben snuck in. Run it down their throat. You're, they, everybody says how good their offensive line is. Let them line up and knock everybody back. I'm with Take you. It straight up the gut. I'm with you, Andy. I totally agree. Been saying that for years, years, not just the past three weeks. Right, they overcomplicate. I mean, keep it simple. It's not that hard. All right, Andy, thank you so much for the call. All right, those of you on the line, we're getting to you next, 412-922-2874, pound 970. I also want to talk uh, about the reasons why they didn't have, or a good reason why they didn't have much of a running game yesterday and why Dobbs struggled. And we'll take your phone calls, too. Tunch will join us at 1240. 1 o'clock, Bob Grove. We'll talk a little bit of Penguin Hockey. Pens on the island tonight, actually playing the Islanders on the island. There's a novel concept. 120, we're going to look at the road ahead um, and what may be in store for this team, not just this season, but what may happen in the offseason. That's all ahead. Busy day today on Saverin on Sports on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. to throw it on second and ten. He does. And that pass is broken up and almost intercepted. It is intercepted. intercepted. It went off the hands of Antonio Brown. The defender got a piece of it and then another defender ducked his hands underneath it and Oakland plays takeaway at the Pittsburgh 44. Well, I was just let, let coach tell me to go. That was Ben, in case you missed that. Gary says, I think Tottenham took a gamble hoping the team could win with Dodds. Once it was obvious they needed Ben, he put him back in. If he was good enough for the last six minutes, he should have been good enough for the last 23 minutes. Not that you want to risk further injury, but I guess I guarantee you Ben wasn't feeling any pain at that point. Uh, we know what happened in the locker room. Jim says, Dobbs can't even throw a decent ball, let alone put it where it needs to be. Not a good sign for when Ben retires. Well, that's not terribly accurate either. Mason Rudolph was brought here to be Ben's eventual replacement, not Josh Dobbs. Uh, and I think Dobbs did a lot of damage to himself. Before we get back to the lines, there are a couple of things I wanted to mention. Why Dobbs failed. Now, we all know he came in through that pass against Baltimore, and everybody's all excited, and that you know validated letting Landry Jones go and all that. Dobbs' problem, why he struggled yesterday is because of his inexperience. And by that I mean, think back to yesterday's game when Dobbs was in there through nine passes, completed four. How many times did Raiders defenders get their hands on those passes to knock them down or knock it away from the receiver? Some were off off target, but a lot of them were knocked away, knocked down, tipped, whatever. And the reason? 
because Dobbs was late getting the ball to the receiver because he was hesitant. It's understandable. He thrown one NFL pass in his career. This isn't college. You're not playing Vanderbilt. You've got to throw the ball before the receiver gets open. You've got to throw the ball on the break. You cannot wait till you see him open. I'm thinking of one pass to A.B. over the middle. He waited too long. It's a split-second thing. Even crappy teams like Oakland, they have athletes in the secondary. You cannot wait till the guy is open. You have to anticipate where he's going to be and fire the ball. And that was the reason that a lot of those passes were incomplete. And if you don't trust my opinion on it, Charlie Batch concurred wholeheartedly. As far as the running game, which was a disaster, and I don't let the offensive line off the hook, but the running backs had a lot to do with it. You've heard me talk about my theory of the running game. And while the back is important, even the greatest back can't make chicken salad out of you-know-what. He needs some help. Now, the good back will get you five yards when the line gives you three. The great back will get ten yards when the line gives you four. But yesterday, in watching both Jalen Samuels and Stephen Ridley, they're too slow to the hole. They're too slow to the hole, too tentative. Not a matter of physical speed necessarily. It's a matter of instinct, when to cut. You see that crack, you got to plant and go. You got to plant that foot and boom, get through that hole. And Samuels was too slow to react. And Ridley is just a plotter. He did a good job in the touchdown, but it was wide open for him. James Conner, even though he's bigger than both of them, is quicker to the hole. And again, I'm not letting the offensive line off the hook, but I think those were big reasons why the running game did not work and why Dobbs struggled. 412 922 2874 pound 970. Alan Harrison City. Hi, Al. Hi, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, as I told your producer, I'm so mad I could spit. I'm giving my age away with that. But to me, this fish stinks from the head down. But you can't do anything with the room. So you've got to start Kevin Colbert, and you've got to clean house. Uh, poor draft picks, poor talent evaluation, poor coaching, poor timing. I have to go on. I mean, just... This has got to be a house cleaning, and, and I, at, at least at the end of the season. Well, I don't think there's going to be a house cleaning. Uh, no, they're too loyal. And well, it's not a matter. Of, it's not a matter of loyalty. It's a matter of practicality. Uh, you know, um, you know, some of the players that they have are you know very good player. We, house cleaning. They're not going to start from bottom up. And I'm going to deal with this at, in, in the 120 segment. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of talented players there, but you're deficient in a lot of areas. Um, clearly, inside linebacker, uh, in the secondary, outside of Hayden. And Hayden, is he's a good cover guy, but he's not a playmaker. He doesn't intercept the ball. And, you know, I was watching the Bears game a bit last night when I got off the postgame show, and I'm watching Kyle Fuller. 
And now, granted, he was a number one and a very high number one, as I recall, the seventh overall, something like that. But I, I watched him on one uh, interception of Goff, and he just made a beautiful break on the ball to, to get an interception. But yeah. I saw other defensive backs doing the same thing, and I never, never see that with this outfit. So, well, uh, again, they spent so much time on draft picks with their offensive people. They build a hell of an offense, um, but now you pay the piper for that. Uh, they, I mean, do have some. They have some, you know, solid guys. I mean, I certainly think Hayward and Tuitt are solid. Hargrave, I think, is coming on. Watt Dupree is is a waste. Um, and uh, you know, Sean Davis, very disappointing. We know that the corner opposite Hayden uh, isn't worth anything. And as I said, I'm not willing to totally blow up Terrell Edmonds. It's his first year as a rookie, and I'm not suggesting he'll be Troy Polamalu. But remember, people were saying the same thing about Polamalu. After his yeah. rookie year, he could barely find the field. Um, but there have to be significant issues that have to be addressed. Uh, I, again, I'll, I, I think I have an idea of what the Roonies, or the, uh, I shouldn't say Roonies, uh, what Art Rooney will do involving Tomlin. But I do think that there are going to be changes to the staff, which will be mandated by ownership. Well, when I said the house thing, I only meant the coaches and Kevin Colbert. I, I didn't mean the players because you can't. And right, it's, it's it, yeah. You got far, you have to field you know you have to field fifty three guys, and you have salary right. cap issues, and, right. you, and you know you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, right. But I, I'll, I'll get to that. I, I don't think okay. I, I I don't think Tomlin's going to go. Um, but I'll I'll put it this way: I think that if they are one and done, which it would look like, or they don't make the playoffs at all, I think that next year he'll be on the hot seat and put on notice mm-hmm. that if he doesn't produce, he'll be out. Thank you. Thank you, Al. You too. Let's go to Ski in Northford Sales. Hi, Ski. Hey, Merry Christmas, Stan, to you and yours. Thank you. Uh, I think that uh, the offense is fine. We don't have a running game, but does Ben really need one? What yeah, he does. Well, he does. But then again, this defense stinks. They can't stop. You know, they, they throw the ball down the field, goes into double coverage, and the guy catches the ball like it's nothing. It was a great catch. But, you know, that was the game there. You know, those D-backs are just letting guys get open. They don't understand that, hey, this is the game here. You know, if we let catch this ball, we are going to be in deep trouble. You know, I don't know what the offense is averaging points per game, but the defense is uh, really looking bad. Well, it I is. Mean, that's because it is. Um, yeah. It's you know, it's we we knew what their warts were, and as I've been saying all year long, going back to training camp, you knew it wasn't going to be. It was not going to be the steel curtain. It was not going to be the 60-minute men. It was not going to be the 2008 defense. It was a poor defense, and all you could hope for was that it would progress to becoming average, that it wouldn't be a liability, that it wouldn't be a millstone around the neck of the offense. Just, you know, don't lose games. And for a while, during that five-game winning streak, it looked like that was going to happen. Um, yeah. you know, they were getting, they looked like they were getting better, but the yeah. last, the last three weeks, um, uh, you know, again, my expectations were only that they would become 
adequate. That's that's all you could hope for with the personnel that they had. Um, You're leading the league in sacks. Okay. You know what? That's 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 all well and good, but where was the sack? On the exactly. two seventy-five yard, t- I don't want. I don't care how many sacks you have. To me, it's more important when you get the sack. Right. Where right. was? Th- that's what I mean by this defense never, never makes a play. They make one play, one stop. Yesterday they win. They make one play, one stop, and a series against the Chargers. They win. Never do. Never. How many interceptions for this defense for the year? Uh, this yeah. they've well, um, I think six, seven. Yeah, well, what the, it's ridiculous. You know that, yeah, it's stupid. All right, thank you very much. Have a good holiday. Thank you, Ski. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, we got time to take one more here. Yeah, let's do it. John in Greenfield. Hi, John. Welcome to Savern on Sports. Hi, Stan. How are you? Good, John. <clears throat> I just wonder if we're going to have a a kicker tryout. My guess is um, that they will. My guess, and I don't know this, um, if they've had anybody in. Let me just say this. Every NFL team has a list of available players in case of injury or something happens. So they've already got an idea. It's not just, oh, we better look and see who the next best offensive guard is. They have a list, and they've worked them out. I can't say definitively whether a kicker has been in or not. They probably already have a list of those out there. Of course, it's probably meager. Uh, I don't know whether they've had anybody to kick. My guess is that you will, if we don't hear about it, there will be some kicker trials. Doesn't mean that they'll hire the guy. Depends on who it is, but I guarantee you they'll be looking at some people this week. Yeah, I think a lot of our losses could be pointed at the kicker. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, Last year, they won four games at the buzzer. Um, and he converted. This year, there was the Cleveland game um, yesterday. I think the extra point that he missed against the Chargers changed the dynamic of that game. It could have led to a different outcome. We'll never know. But, I mean, it's clear that this guy, um, and it's, it's shocking based on what he's done since he's been here, but, I mean, this guy, he, he has no idea uh, any longer what he's doing. Exactly. Thank you, John. Thank you very much for the call. All right, uh, we're going to take more phone calls on the Steelers at 120. Uh, coming up next, it'll be Tunch. Bob Grove will be joining me at one o'clock. We'll talk a little bit. We'll get we'll get a little bit of a rested respite, although that's not exactly a happy story either, is it? Um, maybe getting somewhat better. Uh, and we'll get back to the Steel 120. I want to talk about the future of some of these players and um, of some of these coaches. We'll talk about that at 120. Take more of your phone calls then. We have a trivia question coming up for you next hour. It's Saverin on Sports on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Put that in the right play at the line of scrimmage. Chuck it down, going to throw it for the first time, looking for Cook, and there he is. Penalty flag comes down. The reception is made. As a DB, as a leader of the DBs, man, I gotta, I'm gonna say this personal, man. Um, I gotta make sure that my unit is, is, man, is playing well. We can't allow people to catch the ball in some practice. I'm just going back to practice. Um, the NFL is hard, man, and, and you just can't show up when you want to, show up on Sunday to make a play. 
Well, it'd be nice if you showed up on Sunday and made a play. That's Sean Davis. He's the leader of the DBs. If he's the leader of the DBs, that explains everything. Because he is a non-factor. We're joined now by Tunch Oaken. Tunch is brought to us by Calusi Chevrolet. A bit bleary-eyed, I'm sure. Tunch, thanks for <laughs> hanging with us. It's a long trip back, made longer. I wanted to start with, we know that tight ends torched the Steelers yesterday. The three combination, right. ten catches. Uh, they never seemed to make an adjustment. And I'm wondering if you, indeed, the winning touchdown catch was by a tight end. Did you see any adjustments in terms of dealing with Jared Cook or any of their tight ends? You know, they, they bracketed uh, Jared Cook uh, a couple of times. But, you know, um, I think, Stan, that we get too focused on adjustments and not focused enough on, hey, make a play. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's very simple. You know, I think we, we overcomplicate the game, but the reality is this. Uh, uh, it's about covering. It's about uh, blocking. It's about tackling and throwing. You know, it, 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 it's really... Football is very, very simple. You just have to make a play. And uh, and what we saw that the Steelers' secondary did not make plays. Uh, they they just you know they were getting beat. And and so and, and you know you can't you can't always say oh let's make an adjustment and and see what happens. The the bottom line is you got to make plays, and we haven't been making them all year. And that's the reality of whether we're in zone, whether we're in man, whether we double covered uh, guys, whatever we're doing, we're not making plays. So, in essence, you're a prisoner to the lack of ability of your personnel. Right. That, that, uh, I think, that's, <laughs> very, I think you're, that's very well put. Yeah. How about in terms of linebackers and the players that they're covering or. I made this reference earlier. They knew that they were going to be in trouble in pass coverage with their inside linebackers, so they went out and they got Morgan Burnett, and that's why they drafted Terrell Edmonds as a substitute. The problem with those two guys is neither of them can cover worth a darn. You know what? It's interesting, Stan. I mean, as as I'm watching this, uh, and, you know, Terrell Edmonds is, is, is a rook. And Morgan Burnett has not been healthy, and he's dinged up, and you know you you, you that's that's what you have. And so, I, I, when, when I'm I, watching Terrell Edmonds, he's going to get better, and this is going to be, you know, a lot of guys you know, early in their career, um, they don't play good football, and and they learn from their mistakes, and they get better. So, uh, right now. Um, Terrell Edmonds is not playing his best football, but but that's okay because he's you know between his rookie year and his second year, uh, you're going to see some tremendous growth. Now the problem with Morgan Burnett is he's been hurt; he hasn't gotten as much reps, and he uh, you know he's still just a little bit dinged up, and so he's not at his best. And so that's what we're seeing uh, on the back end, especially with their safeties. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not making excuses, but and then Sean Davis is playing a new position, and he's getting used to playing free safety, which is, you know, which he was more of a box safety, uh, you know, more, uh, he was better 
uh, and more comfortable closer to the line of scrimmage. Well, now he's playing back, and you know when he said he was the leader, he, he meant that I'm making the calls, so that's on me. And so, um, you know, these guys are going to get better. At what point, I don't know. Uh, is it going to wait till next year? Is it going to be down the stretch here? Uh, I, I really don't know. Well, I, I wanted to make that caveat with Edmonds, and I, I've been saying that. Uh, he's only a rookie, um, and, and right. I, I you know used the, not that he'll become Troy Polamalu, but Troy Polamalu couldn't see the field when he was a rookie. Um, he, right. he turned out okay. Um, one of the <laughs> things, uh, <laughs> one of the things that really bothered me, uh, at least statistically, Derek Carr threw thirty-four passes. The Steelers right. were credited with only three passes defensed, and two of them were by linemen. T.J. Watt being one, and two at the other. That means. A defensive back got his hands on a ball to defend a pass once out of those 34 throws. That was Morgan Burnett on the third down play. They just, I mean, knock a ball down at least. I know they can't catch anything. They had a chance for two interceptions, but they're not even getting their hands on the ball, whereas when you look at what the Raiders were able to do yesterday, you, you could see they were getting as bad as they are in the secondary. They were getting their hands on balls. Yeah, well, you know what? They also had uh, George Atkinson and Lester Hayes on the sideline coaching them <laughs> up. It was it was really uh, you know part of their alumni weekend. It was funny. Uh, yeah, seriously, uh, uh, Lester Hayes and uh, uh, and George Atkinson were on the sidelines, and they were you know when you saw Lester Hayes talking to Connolly. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was kind of interesting. Well, uh, you know when you look at Derek Carr, everything, everything he did with a couple of, with the exception of a couple of throws, is quick. I mean, the ball's coming out when he's in shotgun, he's pivoting and throwing. When he's under center, it's three step, five stop, step balls coming out. And one of the things about Derek Carr, uh, Stan, is I'm, you know, I watched the last four games of his uh, of uh, him throwing. I believe last week he started getting more comfortable in John Gruden's offense, and this week. He accelerated on that. You know, he built on that, and uh, he's throwing the ball quick, and it's and and he was he was on on the mark, and he is a good quarterback. You know, he has struggled this year, and I think it's because he's uh, struggled early figuring out how to play Gruden's offense. But I think the last two weeks, Kansas City and uh, Pittsburgh, he's he's finally getting the feel of it. So. But and and uh, the Steelers don't have not been a tight coverage defense as, as it is. You know, um, you know the guys that's played the tight, tight tightest defense have been Joe has been Joe Hayden. I want to ask you also about your your feelings um, uh, about blitzing on the goal line. Uh, they, you know, it, 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 there's not a whole lot of room to operate there, and generally those throws are really quick, so you may not get there, but. If you do lead the league in sacks, and that is, frankly, the best pass defense you have, um, would you then generally touch advocate for blitzing, uh, not only in the red zone, but I'm talking about you know near the goal line, five, six, seven yards out, whatever. You know, um, I, I here's what I believe, uh, Stan. Um, you know, the personnel groupings and the formation is going to dictate what you do. And I think, yeah, one of the things you want to do is you want to get Derek Carr off his spot. You want to get it in his face. 
Um, and they did some of that. Uh, and they also had uh, a, a decent pass rush. Uh, Stefan Tuitt, uh, Javon Hargrave, um, you know, I, I thought we did more pressure from the tackle from up, uh, on the edge from T.J. Watt. But the three finally got a, got a sack yesterday. But, yeah, you know, I, th- I, I, I just, once again, if you're blitzing on the inside and the ball's coming out of there quick, that is something that, uh, that you have to deal with. As you look at this team, we look at, the last three games, and really the Jacksonville game, you know, they're playing the worst football of the season, I think even worse than the first month. Uh, they were in position to win all these games. Um, from an internal, I'm, I've, I've always questioned if there's enough leadership inside that locker room. And by that I mean, Tunch, uh, they should have been irate over losing the Denver games and the Charger games. Then, before the game starts yesterday, they already know that New England is lost and Houston is lost and, and Baltimore is lost, and yet they come out and Oakland drives a long drive for the opening touchdown. Right. And they, right. they weren't ready to play. I, I just I, I don't know that they ever will be. Yeah, you know what, and, and, and I don't know uh, if it was the fact that they weren't ready to play or they just executed poorly. You know that's why I always say I don't like the deferred thing. I understand the uh, the logic behind it, um, but I uh, when you're playing a two and ten football team, I think I'd rather take the ball and let my F offense uh, drive the ball down the field and score the first touchdown. Because one of the things playing a, a, I guess a two win football team, uh, you want them to think, oh no, here we go again. Um, you know that that can creep into your brain. And uh, uh, and, I, and I think when you give them the ball and they drive down the field, now you give them hope, you give the crowd hope, and uh, and it builds on that. Well, I suppose their logic is, you know, they've now scored eight times at the end of the first half. Right. They want the ball to start the second half, kind of, right. you know, get the – I have to look up and see how many times they've scored on their right. first possession. Of course, yesterday Ben wasn't there, so – you know, that, that changes everything. Of course, you can also tell a team, here we go again, by stuffing them on their first drive. Yeah. Can't you do that? Yeah, you can. Apparently not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, okay, I'm going to calm down now. Uh, <laughs> Tunch, thank you. Get some rest. I will, buddy. And, I will, buddy. Don't, and, and calm down. It's okay. That you could, They can flip this, and this is the week that, that it, it could happen because – there's more than just the New England Patriots are coming to town. Uh, this is a vengeance game, and uh, and, and I think that uh, it's going to be kind of fun to to watch. All right, if you say so, Tunch. <laughs> I believe in in Tunch. We believe in Tunch. We trust. That'll be the news motto on a dollar bill or whatever. Because you know what it reminds me of in '84. We had to, you know, we we had an up and down season, obviously. And then we had to beat the Raiders, who killed us in the playoffs, uh, in the LA Coliseum, and that was a vengeance game. And we were, and and we ended up beating them and getting into the playoffs. And a number of other things happened, of course. So I, I, I'm looking at this like that. All right, Tunch. All right, glass half full. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tunch. We'll talk to you again. All right. Tunch right, brought to us by Calusi Chevrolet. Don't forget Tunch and Wolf each weekday morning, 10 until noon, right before I come on.